Welcome to Windsor Watch with me, Sarah Southern. I'm joined this week by Elliot, who's vaccinated. I am indeed. Hello, how are you? I'm very good. And indeed by James, who I think is also vaccinated. I am. Hello. OMG, what a unit we are. <laughs> Things are moving on. Fighting coronavirus one podcast at a time. Exactly. Uh, so guys, last week we said maybe we should rename this podcast What Has Harry Done Next? And I think about... 36 hours later after saying that, Harry's new show with Oprah landed on Apple TV. But we knew it was coming. We knew it was coming, but to be honest, until things really happen, I don't believe it. <laughs> have you watched it? No. Have you watched it, James? I've read a lot about it. You've read Well... I don't have Apple TV. Well, I'm sure we could sort that out. Mm. But I've watched 15 minutes of it. Oh, you've done well. And I felt that was plenty. Yes. Oh. So what do you think were the uh, highlights? Or low lights. Well, so, so I watched the first 15 minutes, and I have to admit, I was a bit reluctant, because normally I get quite excited about things like this, and I was a bit like, oh, I just can't be bothered, it's just, I'm overwhelmed by it, I've had kind of too much Harry mm. of late, which I didn't think I would ever say. So I watched the first 15 minutes, and actually it was quite interesting, he's quite honest, he, you know, he's speaking very openly about things although i'd have to admit i watched it on friday morning well what wednesday today i can't actually remember anything that he said uh, so it well, clearly, I'll, I'll, I'll... clearly hasn't stood up but it then moves up to so the program just to kind of for listeners who haven't watched it it's three one-hour programs that it's, so inter- it's quite a commitment it's quite a commitment and it's yeah. interspersed lots of different stories so after about the 15 minute mark it then moved into a story of someone else and i was like actually I don't think I'm committed so, to watching I lots of things. Is he co-hosting with Oprah? Because I thought one of the things that came across from the Dax and Monica interview was how well he could host that kind of thing. Or is he just one of the stories within... He's, he's one of the stories. It's it's lots and lots of people giving their own stories oh, okay. of the me you can't see. So the, the main the main take takeaways from it... As reported to, by the newspaper. Well, no, as reported by people who've watched it. As reported by Apple TV. So what, what Apple oh, TV... Oh, well, Apple TV. What's what the press they, release what they say? About yeah. so, 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 so Apple TV, who made it, yeah. have... Uh, so I think we can probably trust them, have said that he has talked about the childhood trauma he suffered following the death of his mother, how he turned to drink and drugs to mask his grief, accused the royal family of total neglect in not helping him and wife Meghan, and what I think is... Really interesting and worth proper discussion is Megan talking about how she would kill herself and how she would wake him up sobbing because she was so desperate. And also how, now, uh, for her to say this must have been an enormous jump because she knows the one thing about Harry is that he's lost his mum. Mm. He's lost the most important woman in his life. And he's never, since then, he's always struggled to, to regain family, to, to find a woman in his life who he can love. Then he finds Megan and uh, has found a family again and she wakes him up and keeps clutching him saying, I, I, I want to kill myself. Inside, not just I want to kill myself, but I've thought about how I'm going to do it. Jeez, which, that must have been awful It must have been awful. I, I thought of this when I was watching Lego Batman yesterday. The Lego Batman, the thing he's most afraid of losing is family because his mother and father were shot in an alleyway, of course, in Gotham City as a youth. And so he pledges to live his life on his own. Um, and when and his greatest fear is family, so uh, he he falls in love with uh, Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Um, <laughs> Don't which, you the whole, the whole story. You're spoiling, spoiling the film. No spoilers for Lego Batman, but it's the same with Harry. After years and years and years of grief and having 
uh, forged his way through life without someone to love. He finally finds someone to love and has a family again. And within a couple of years, she's saying, actually, I, I might die. Um, I might kill myself. I mean, poor you Harry need, and but, poor Megan. That's and, traumatizing. And you need to sort it out. Well, and shortly after that, they moved to America. And this is while she had Archie inside of her. So she's yeah. pregnant. She says, "I'm going to kill myself and your unborn child." So your family that we've created, I'm going to destroy. God, that's awfully I mean, tragic. Because one of the things I do remember that he talked about in the 15 minutes that I watched was um, the soldier suffering with PTSD and him saying, actually, it's almost as though going to war was the kind of straw that broke the camel's back because a lot of these people were actually suffering from trauma prior to them going into the army because of where they'd grown up, etc. Because he was talking about the difficult times in his life, obviously when his mum died, being in Afghanistan, and then I think he probably moved on to that that topic that James has just mentioned. Mm. Um, So... Crumbs. I mean, that's that's quite terrifying. It is terrifying. I mean, there there were other moments. He he claimed, you'll remember, of course, that Harry and Meghan said before that Archie's first word, or one of his first words, was crocodile. Which is quite an advanced word. Well, it turns out that another of his first words, and bear in mind, Archie's only just two, but one of his earliest words is to say, Granny, Grandma Diana. Now... The child must be gifted because a child of two, and I met a child of two the other week, they can basically say shoe, car, mama, dada, spoon. But to give a name to something that they've never met is quite, quite a, I mean, he's obviously a very, very, very clever gifted lad. child. Very gifted. Get him into Takes after Oxford his dad. ASAP. Yeah, exactly. Um, you so, do get your intelligence from your mother, though. Do you? And, right. You know, uh, she did go to an Ivy League school, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that was rather remarkable. Elliot, what's your thoughts? So I'm trying to weigh up how I think about this because part of me is going, the, the topics they're talking on are so harrowing and so tragic and obviously incredibly personal. But the thing that keep I keep coming back to is they are both grown adults with agency and there's that feeling that the family let them down, that they were trapped, that they weren't able to, that... The, the worst of things they could have done, he could have helped her find support, except he, his, 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 his role was to go to his family and ask them to find it's support. Exactly, yeah. He's in his mid-30s, he's married I, now, it's his responsibility I, to yeah, have I mean, I'd have to so say... I just, there's a, a little bit of my brain that goes, you can't blame all of this on the family. No, as but, an adult, you are in charge of your own health. You know, like, if you've got a bit of a gammy arm, it's your responsibility to go to the doctor and find out what's wrong. In the same way, if you're not feeling well, it is your responsibility to go and seek help. I don't think somebody else can basically pick you up and put you in the but, Betty Ford for a month. You say that as someone, well, you both, who are all three of us, sort of independent people who've lived our lives, but Harry going from the royal family to the army, to uh, institutions, mm-hmm. and so when he says, and you're right, I mean, it's rather ludicrous, him saying every single ask, request, warning, whatever it is, to stop, uh, this is to, to sort of to help. Just got met with total silence or total uh, neglect. We spent four years trying to make it work. We did everything that we possibly could to stay there and carry on doing the role and doing the job. He, in the army, if he wanted feeding, he asked someone and they would give him food. If he wanted new boots, he would get new boots. Pr- presumably, as a minor, as a prince, when he was living with his family, if he said, "I want a new toy" or "I want this," it was given to him. Um, but yeah, he couldn't ask for help. Why couldn't he get help for himself? Because he wasn't used to it. Because yeah. no one ever empowered him to say, get help. Now he's gone to America. I mean, look, he can buy his own food. and. But you can also look at it and say, if she really felt that way, you can totally understand 
why they felt they needed to break away and they need to leave and why it was all all felt so sudden. Mm. Because if that that being in that place it was dark and quite He had talked in his twenties about not wanting to be in the royal family. So I'm not actually that surprised that this is where we've ended up. And I think in the long term it is absolutely the right thing. I just feel really, really sad for them that they've had to go through these immense traumas. Mm. Um, And in some ways, I think this is kind of where I feel conflicted. If they want to just live their life, then maybe they don't need to keep making TV shows and doing this, that, the other. Because we are going to continue being obsessed with them for all of the content they put out there. Like, you know, we've joked that we should rename this podcast, What's Harry Going to Do Next?, We've talked about him solidly because of what they have done. They've done the Oprah interview. They did that Dak Shepherd thing. They've now done this Apple thing. Haven't they got a contract with Netflix for And Spotify. And he's got these new things with Silicon Valley and all this other work that he's doing. And some of it, it all makes sense. There's a portfolio yeah. building of what he's going to focus his work on. But it's, a lot of it's going to be clearly built around the mental health issues. And that's good. And maybe that's part of his cathartic way of dealing with mm. it all. But the problem is, for me is there's only so much that you can do without it beginning to also conflict with the whole we still love the Queen and respect the Queen. It starts to conflict. Yeah, yeah, completely. This is the thing, that he obviously, the the Netflix deal and the Spotify deal have been in in the wheels for a couple of years. Meg's children's book was first written about two years ago. So this is all, it's all been... Because things like that they could have done from within the family. She could have written a book from within the family. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, 2019 it was first written that she's written a children's book. But the point is, is that this is the point where everything comes into fruition. And normal PR advisors would say, okay, so you want to launch yourself commercially. Let's do, let's keep it slim. Let's just do four things. We'll do the Late Show with James Corden, bit of TV. We'll do a podcast. That's another platform. We'll do Apple TV, different kind of audience to James Corden. And we'll do, uh, what was the fourth bit? Podcast Oprah, 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 exactly. Oprah what was the fourth bit? Of course, the Oprah. Oprah. The really big so, thing. Yeah. So, so chat show, podcast. Comedy, late night show, and the other one, which I keep forgetting. Um, and in most people, that would be enough. But for Harry, he doesn't realise, or his advisors don't realise, that you don't need to do so much. He's mm. done so much, and it meant the, the effect is like a, a tsunami. Well, he should have really done little tiny it things. It was fascinating look, looking at the British papers online on Friday morning as the majority of the Mail Online was just about Prince Harry. The majority of the Sun Online was just about Prince Harry. And I was like, this is everything that you don't want. There's such a, you know, odd it's juxtaposition so of it all. It? But it also shows where his commercial value in the future is going to be. And what's quite interesting is how much of what they're doing is focused on American audiences, but how yeah. all-consuming the coverage of them is here. So yeah. there's that sort of... Maybe because the, the PR maybe does have to be stepped up that level in the states because they won't have that same media coverage outside of the sources that are paying them. I wonder if as they're doing here, where it's like pages of it. Is it is it getting pages in the states as well? Well, I've kind of had a bit it's of covered. a look at things. So yeah. there was a little bit about it on TMZ. Remember, Mail Online is the biggest newspaper in the world online. Yeah. So you know, it's a big paper in America, um, but. Is it going to be in the Washington Post and the Is New York Times? Is it going to be leading the probably six o'clock news? Well, still probably, no. Probably, probably, no, probably, probably not. But I, I think that the, the, the value of Harry and Meghan is clearly going to be high for some time. They're going to spend the rest of their lives in the States, I would imagine. They're going to have to fashion a career for them. I think Harry's actually an excellent broadcaster. I've been really impressed with that. He's got to say something new now, though. He can't keep it. That'll come. That'll come. But in terms of him... Being on, he looks good on camera. He sounds good on camera. He's clearly comfortable in that environment. 
I think there's probably many options for what he could do. Mm. All skills in- that his family have given given him in the career they set him up with. So you oh, know, he's, he's had the right training. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, slightly moving on a little bit, but I mean, if I was Harry, reading what's happened with the BBC's interview with his mother, mm. the other big twenty-five years, the other huge news of the week, I would feel quite cross as well. True. I, I'd feel quite that I didn't really want to have much to do with Britain anymore. Completely. Well, let's just give some background to that because. Yeah, you want to tell the story for those. Harry's Apple show. Harry's (laughs) Apple show sounds like a children's show. That Harry's and Oprah's show on Apple came out Friday morning, but on Thursday evening here in the UK, a report was published criticizing Martin Bashir, who had done the BBC Panorama interview with Diana. 25 years ago. That interview. That interview. For, there's been shown around the world. Yeah, the one, the, one where she says, yeah. The, old, that the one where she says, well, it was quite a crowded marriage. There were three of us with our eyes looking up to the ceiling. Quite an iconic TV moment. And that came out. Everybody was shocked. I don't know why everyone was shocked. It was obvious that he'd done some naughty things. And Prince William, for the first time in a long while, perhaps ever, came out and gave a blistering statement. It was quite something really criticising the BBC, really criticising Martin Bashir, and effectively saying that he can draw a direct line, and I think Earl Spencer has also said this, who's Princess Diana's brother, that he can draw a direct line from that interview to two years later, Princess Diana being dead. I think you should explain why the report was published and what the BBC did wrong. So Martin Bashir forged some documents, some bank statements, um, to get Diana to agree to the interview, he also had told a number of lies about how she was being treated. So I think it was the, basically so to, to, there was a huge to, conspiracy. Yeah, you it, know it more, was, James. It, yeah, I mean, it, he didn't. The, the, he did forge bank statements, but what specifically they were was that he went to Diana and said, "Here's proof that your um, no, that Charles's private secretary, no, sorry, that your security team are being paid by News International, the publisher of the News of the World." £4,000 a quarter to spy on you uh, and that uh, other members of your, uh, uh, your your private secretaries are also receiving money from an offshore trust. So what's the news of the world? Yes. Well, that's why she believed it. Mm. Um, and, and and so he's, he so Bashir had a meeting with Earl. He went through Earl Spencer first, her brother, because he knew that that would be a good way of getting to her. He said to Earl Spencer, I've got some information that your sister should know about because... Uh, she is being bugged and bad things are happening. So he introduced Bashir to Princess Diana and he sat down with her in this extraordinary meeting and said, okay, here's the facts. William has been given a watch which is bugged and listening to you all the time. Your cars are all bugged. Three phone lines at Kensington Palace are bugged. MI6 and MI5 are listening to you. Prince Charles's private secretary is listening to you and discussing with Charles about the end game. Let's destroy the Spencers. Let's make Diana move to America. Um, he said that uh, Pr- Prince Edward was receiving treatment for AIDS at Royal Marsden oh, Hospital. Gracious. That, that the Queen was uh, suffering from severe heart problems and was comfort eating, was on her way out. But the main thing was... Everyone's listening to you, everyone's watching you, all your staff are um, spying on you and they're getting money from the newspapers and from shadowy figures. Unbelievable. Well, the point was Earl Spencer then said to to his sister, to Princess Diana, that's completely codswallop, it's all mad, forget all that, you don't believe any of it, do you? She said, I believe the lot. I think it's all true. And it's just confirmed to me what I knew already. 
And so she said, right, Martin, thanks very much. You're the only person I can trust. Let's do the interview. So they sat down and did it. And afterwards, she wrote him a note saying, thank you so much, Martin. I knew they were listening. I knew they were opening my mail. I knew they were listening to my calls. I knew they were following me. I knew MI6 were involved. I knew Charles was behind it all. I knew it was all happening and you've given me the proof. It's so I mean, it's, it, it's a hard thing to say, but from the work that I do around conspiracy theories, that is prime radicalisation mm. technique. So basically, she was radicalised against her own family by the BBC in order to give an interview. Yes. But, and the BBC knew that... And the BBC... And what was something and, untoward and, and about And why it's absolutely blowing up like a nuclear bomb this week is that Earl Spencer, straight afterwards when he saw the interview, was like, oh no, what, what the hell has she done? I can't, I can't believe she's done this interview. She's fallen for that idiot. So he went to friends in newspapers and said she shouldn't have done this. The information that she was given to make her do it is based on lies. The Daily Mail, the Mail on Sunday, published a story saying she was duped, she mm. was fooled. Uh, and they went to the BBC and said, well, was she duped? And the BBC were like, no, certainly not. There's no we're, way. We're the BBC. We're, we don't do things like that. We're the Majesty's BBC. We're There's not no the news way. of the world. Yeah, we're not the news of the world. We're not the newspapers. <laughs> we would never do anything like that. We're funded by the taxpayer. How could we possibly do that? So Earl Spencer has for 25 years known, because he was at this meeting, and he saw Bashir showing her all this stuff, known that the BBC lied about it, and been desperate to get them to admit to it. And it's taken them 25 years to finally admit... Yes. But they've been forced to admit. They, they haven't admitted it their own free no, will. They've, they've been, been forced, forced to, to admit, admit it. Exactly. Meanwhile, Bashir has got long COVID and heart problems and uh, is, I don't think he's terribly long for this world. And he's, um, he's certainly been not let well. go from the he's BBC. Well, he's still on the payroll. He's I still on the payroll. Yeah, oh. because he's doing, yeah, he's doing a three month notice period. Um, okay. But I mean, the other question is, why, when he was fired from... See, his previous role. His previous role on a US TV station. He was then rehired he was then by rehired the BBC. As religious affairs editor when he didn't actually <clears throat> noticeably do any work. So in 2016, when he got his job back, was he rehired just to keep his gob shut? Most probably. So I he think said the, this. The whistleblower. I mean, there's aspect. all sorts of conspiracies you can throw in once you well, start. Well, that's oh, true. completely. Yeah, exactly. But like at this Sorry. stage of the game, I think conspiracy <laughs> theories galore is fine. The, I think the interesting aspect is there were some whistleblowers at the time. Yeah. I think people had gone to Tony Hall, who worked at the who, BBC Who was at the then time. the head of News and Current Affairs, yeah. later Director General. Later Director General, after detouring via the Royal Opera House. So people had gone to him, and he was like, oh, I think it's fine. So yeah. anyway, he is the, um, or oh, until this week he was, the, uh, uh, the, the chair of the National Gallery. Yeah. And he's had to stand down from that. Because loads of donors said we don't want him on our books. Well... If he hadn't stood down, I would have actually written a letter to yeah. the National Gallery saying <laughs> this. Uh, it's, I'm sorry, but it's appalling. I'm he sick of people sort of doing terrible aside. things and not having any consequences. It's, it's appalling. Being aware of terrible things, they're not doing anything about it. Exactly. Yes, it's, so it's just wrong. And it's it, and so it, wrong. It, it, it's that culture of that uh, a line went round from the from Tony. I think it was from Tony Hall's office, or if not John Burt, who was then Director General, to all the main BBC news programs saying, if you're asked about the Bashir interview and how he got it, just say, this isn't newsworthy, it's not interesting, we don't want to talk about it. Wow. So they did actively suppress, well, the World at One today, uh, the PM programme and 10 o'clock news, were all told by the, uh, the Director General's office, if asked about the Bashir thing, about duping in 1996, just say, this isn't newsworthy and we don't want to comment on it. So it was a cover-up. It was a cover-up. and It's what, always a cover-up. It's always, it's always a cover-up that gets them. But what's fascinating about this is, and this has been going on in my mind all week, 
would it really, did it really cause Diana's death? Did it really cause her to go off the rails? There is, on the one side, you can say, she did the interview, straight after the interview, the Queen said, right, you two have got to get divorced. They'd been separated for two years previously. Prince Charles had done his interview with Dimbleby, mm. where he'd said, I'm in love with Camilla. Mm. So she was already... Divorce was inevitable. Divorce, divorce was not inevitable. They were separated. They were living apart. Those interviews they, made they divorce. They hate inevitable. each other. But, those in, but that her interview... It sped divorce proceedings up. It sped up. divorce proceedings up massively. It also caused her to fire all her security detail so that when she was in Paris with Dodie Fired... It was his security detail who were doing it. But I think she stopped having security after she stopped being married to Prince Charles. She did, because she fired them all, because she was convinced they were all spying no, but, on but her. who would have decided? So, I guess we, would, oh, we need check, to fact It comes check back that. to something we said way back in our first or second episode yeah. when we were talking about Meghan complaining about the same thing. Security detail is, is not decided by Her Majesty the Queen. It is not a personal the gift. home office. It's the home office of the Metropolitan Police who decide if she's under threat. If she then rejects that, that mm. is her call. That's right. Um, but I, I, the must, I, I would, I would be amazed she, if someone wasn't offered. Given the how paranoia, though. The paranoia. The paranoia yeah. that this poor lady would have been experiencing at that time. Because can you imagine you're living in your own house, and you think your son's watch is listening well, to you, becomes... and your foot like that. That's not going to lead to healthy outcomes, is it? No, but what's interesting is that um, Earl Spencer said that it. Com- she said it confirmed what she was already thought. And I think that must come from living in that world of being constantly surrounded by people mm. who you know have been appointed by your husband and your mother-in-law and, and in that yeah. respect and not feeling you have agency. Similar to what Meghan and Harry sort of yeah. they don't have agency over the people in their lives. Mm. So that idea of firing everyone, that idea of replacing everybody, I could see how that would help. I could see how easy it was to pick on that scab of I'm being watched, I'm being controlled. So it's it's awful manipulative behaviour. I can um, also but you can see, also see where it comes from. I can also see why she then started having lots of fun. You know, she was dating lots of men in that period of time, you know, like was she not having a dalliance with Will Carling, I think, at the time? There's all sorts and then of people. James Hewitt, that, that doctor yeah. bloke whose name I can't remember. Hasn't and then, of course, she, she, she was listening to Dodie Alfired. She was living in Kensington Palace all that time. It wasn't that she moved out to a little flat somewhere. Yeah. She, yes, she fired her security detail, but she carried on living in KP. She still had Scotland Yard officers around her. So she had protection, but she didn't have the same bods that she yeah. always had the same and, and therefore they didn't have the same authority over her to say don't do that don't do this don't do that so you're right she sort of freed herself and all that but did it cause her death probably not did it hasten it I think Maybe. you can see it as the you can see it how am I going to phrase this carefully you could see how William could understand that being the tipping point that led down that road yes but you um, you counterfactuals are always so hard to put together in these cases anyway and mm. it was two years later and so much happened in that interim two years but it's certainly but this was the starting gun that interview was the starting gun yeah and there's a, there's a great line that Harry said in the Apple TV thing when he remembers being driven by his mother both Harry and William in seatbelts in the back and, and then being chased by uh journalists on motorbikes and her driving really erratically because she couldn't see because she was crying so hard um and but then the other thing is uh, someone mentioned this to me the other day you know how few photographs there are of Diana with her sons there's there's about six that keep being used again and again there simply aren't that many photographs we have have rules about photographing children no we didn't then we didn't we didn't then we do now you've got to remember that Diana's death because of that Diana's death led to all of these changes Uh, she didn't spend much time with the boys because they were at school they were at school yes that's true that's true so they would have been at Eton 
Yeah. Both of them when she died. So they were living yes. in boarding school then. He was, he was what, 15 and... Well, one was 15 and the other was 12. 12. Is that right? Yeah. yeah so they, so they were probably Asian. So they saw each other. They saw their mother for the odd holidays, but Tiggy Leg... But that was the other detail that Bashir said, that Tiggy Leg Burke was having an affair with yeah. Prince Charles, which cut her to the quick. Because even though she loved the kids, Tiggy really brought them up or entertain them during the holidays and most weekends. So this is the other thing about Harry and poor William, that in William's statement she talked about, it said how the BBC's programme worsened the fear, isolation and paranoia that he remembers her suffering with so badly when he was a a young child. Um, Fearful of everybody, isolated that she didn't really see anybody, staying inside the flat, writing all the time, notes, she took notes all the time, wrote letters everywhere. Uh, It was before smartphones. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she would have been sliding into DMs galore if she was around. Oh, like mad. Yeah. yeah. But so, it's just all really sad, isn't it? Oh, it's tragic. Utterly tragic. And I feel very sorry for William and Harry. What a dreadful thing to have to constantly relive. Mm. Um, and I just hope that they both make it to the unveiling of the statue on the 1st of July. Maybe this Bashir thing might lead to them speaking. <laughs> having a little pack but we have seen Prince William this week talk about his mother's death because we've seen Prince William in Scotland over the last few days Mm. as it was the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland and the Queen sent Prince William to be her because obviously she is the head of the Church of Scotland as well as the Church of England and in it he talked about his love of Scotland and how he'd obviously spent so many family holidays there, how he'd met his wife there, but he also said it has also been the location of the saddest time of my life, which literally broke my heart as he said it. Uh, But then Kate joined him on Monday and she's worn some lovely outfits, Elliot. She has. Oh, I love talking about the outfits, but the big thing (laughs) thing that struck me as they landed in the Orkney Orkney Islands is that basically she was dressed for the middle of winter and it's the end of May and all I could think of thinking was like, what a wonderful outfit, but it's not November. Yeah. Um, she had a no. lovely long camel coat and, and a beautiful tartan great scarf. Great tartan scarf. Oh, but uh, you do just, they, you know, it's great to see them out about. It's good to see them up in Scotland, especially politically at this time, um, sort of trying to keep things unified. Yeah, because they opened a hospital in yeah. the Orkneys. Uh, and then when they were in, I don't know whether they were in Edinburgh or whether they were in Glasgow, to be perfectly honest, but they went to like a community centre. For rehabilitated young offenders. She was wearing a Zara coat. Mm-hmm. Another time it was a Massimo Dutti coat, which she'd worn previously. So I think that's what I the newspapers called. And the newspapers called recycled outfits. Recycled, Whereas yeah. for most normal people it's, it's just called... Wearing yeah, wearing your coat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I buy a coat and I wear yeah. it. Yeah. I, I have recycled these jeans yeah. just for today and these shoes and socks. You will um, consider whether you are recycling. I will recycle them yeah. tomorrow, probably as well, unless they go in the wash. Yeah. But um, yeah, so so they turned up this place for young offenders, and it, it's showing how kingly William and Kate are. How they've got this brilliant double act going. Uh, he tried to play some music on a drum loop or something, and she was like. Ah! that noise and then they talked about he said oh I love making um, I love it when Kate makes curries they're a bit spicy for me being like such a classic dad but 
despite all this kind of, oh, you know, I can't handle spicy curries and I don't like music, he did get his injection this week, showing an amazing gum. That was literally the highlight. (laughs) Which was the key. I mean, again. He's vaccinated like us. Yes, he's vaccinated like us, but I mean, it works really well, and perhaps you could put it on the Instagram later. It is on the Instagram. I'm sure it is. But he showed quite impressive guns. It was a classic sort of roll up of a sleeve, wasn't it? It was a roll up of a jumper. A jumper. And just so he could see the He clearly thought this through and done some trials because having been to have my injection and roll my sleeve up, I struggled immensely, but my arms don't look like that. So maybe, maybe I had a slightly more masculine shape. Hopefully for young man injection arm. too, he might just take the whole top off. <laughs> you should write, write yeah. to Clarence House. No, I was like, goodness. It was, a, it, was a, it was an image to remember. It certainly it? got um, certain demographics on the WhatsApp chattering, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it got the whole nation excited. Whole nation. Oh, it was the hello. good news we've been looking for. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So thank you, Prince exactly. William. So but um, no pictures of Kate being, Kate being vaccinated yet. But she's, she's, she's slightly younger. So she's no, she looked, no, she's actually six months older than Prince William. Oh, but so I just think good. it's. She doesn't need to share that. She doesn't need to share that. No, I mean, it's fine. Like, Everyone who's anyone seems to be sharing themselves. Yeah, like, yeah but, that, but that, that's why she's so cool. She's yeah, like, no, I don't, I don't need I, to. Yeah, cause, just because you're all doing it, I'm not going to do it. And so. also I think, like, she probably would have done it, like, in a vest top. Does she really want that yeah, picture true. out there? Like, I think it was fine for Prince William to show off his arm. I didn't Well, really I think also, with those arms, he could be quite comfortable. Well, quite if he wants to. <laughs> uh, I think Prince Charles has been uh, delving into some uh, well, contro I, stuff so this I, week, girls. I suggested we talk about this because I think it's a little bit interesting, given how much we've talked about Harry being so political. And then at the same time as we're negotiating a uh, free trade agreement with Australia, super political. Cabinet very split, political. Very difficult. Prince Charles writes in The Guardian, of all papers. Did he? Um... <laughs> distracted by the traffic outside. No, it's, so it's a helicopter going overhead. It's, it's quite noisy. Yeah. Um, no, but he start, He writes basically about how there is a challenge to British farming and how there needs to be more support for uh, family farms and small farms. And that's been the, the whole political thing. We have small, family, primarily family-run farms. Cattle herds are quite small. Where in Australia, cattle herds are tens of thousands of cattle. Because they've mm. got more space. But they have a lot more space. They also have, That's the tradition they set up. Um, you know, so he's writing at a time when this is a very political subject, in a non-political way, just saying we need to be thinking about the long-term viability and how we support yeah, but family this farmers. Is, this is where Prince Charles and I fall out. Mm. Because a few years ago on ITV, there was a wonderful show about the Duchy of Cornwall. Now, we're recording this podcast today in our lovely podcast studio, very close to some land that is owned by the Duchy of Cornwall, and a lot of the streets around here have all got Cornish-style names. So he owns a lot of the streets that are down that mm. way. But he, in the programme, they also visited these farms that he owns. And he was giving 18-year leases to new farmers. And I was shouting at the television, don't do it. This is a terrible idea. You will be miserable. <laughs> we and must they, say to, to listeners, Sarah grew up on a farm. Yeah. I know, this is all a bit farming today, isn't it? Is it and what? they went back to these farmers about, you know, they put, had to put business plans together to get the farm. And they went back to them. And it was awful. They were making no money. They were in loads of debt. Their mental health was so impacted because suicide rates in farmers is, um, I think, the second highest occupation after doctors. So I was just like, why do you do this? And I think Prince Charles has got this 
weird utopian view of how food should be produced oh, but there has to be a reality farming is a business it's not a yeah. it is a lifestyle yeah, but, 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 but it also but he, has to make a, money he, he's a hobby for, he wants to have a little toy town farm but like his blooming toy town that he's built in Swindon in, in Dorset yeah so he's right. got so he's on the cover of Country Life which I'm sure your copies yeah Elliot's bound to Dorset. subscribe to that he periodically does co, um, co-edit Country no, Life no celebrity edit Country Life yeah. they are some of my favourite editions but I'm going to push back slightly because um, part of it is that he raises awareness of issues within farming. Yes, he has a very different view of the solution to you, but it is good that you have someone championing, championing farming in that way. But why do you want people to be poor? But that's, I think, his point. Um, but the thing that's missing from what he says is this is a way to go you forward in terms of... farming business in 18 years. This is the way we need to go to, to make farming more sustainable and biodiverse but the challenge with that is that is not economically viable no and that's where the row is happening within government about how british farming is economically viable or whether it isn't and where the you know, post eu the subsidies go so he's touching on the edge of but not fully engaging yeah, in the political debate i think he debate. needs to step away is my general opinion on prince charles on I, that I, I agree with you i, I think i think you know, it, yeah, sure, we'd all like to see native breeds mooching around our fields and we'd all like to see traditional hedges made with broom and hawthorn or whatever, but unfortunately, electric fences work better. And But also, you know, I, find it so in, I find it so insulting. They also go up quicker. Yeah, they go but up quicker. I do yeah, find exactly. it, yeah, I do find it very insulting to the farming community that he doesn't think or believe that they're the best guardians of the countryside farmers know how to look after the land they know how to deal with those things they don't want to rip out hedges they don't want to rip out stone walls no but, it but they do no but they have to well, because I don't agree with that Elliot actually I don't agree with that think about Prince Charles he's like Thomas Hardy he's or King Canute the progress is happening industrialisation mechanisation no I think he verbalises and he, I think what he does is verbalise that tension he verbalises that tension between what is the what is what is the solution that's being advocated for the biodiversity long term sustainability of nature versus the the challenges that farming creates. What the, my whole point of raising this is, he's touching on something so political. When one of the things we've been talking about is how the royal family talks about politics, yeah, yeah. and well, I think the, this debate itself has shown that that very fine line that a an heir to the throne has to tread before they become king. True. And my final word on that is, I don't believe anyone's a better guardian of the countryside than farmers. So Prince Charles can zip it. <laughs> anyway, we saw the Queen go and have a look at a big ship named after her this week. Yes, to send send it on its way around the world. Was oh this thing finally, finally. This, this thing that was ordered like what 10, 15, 20, year, 20 years it takes ago. Takes time probably. to build a ship. So yeah. it's prepared for a war that we were going to fight twenty That's years right, ago. Yeah. <laughs> so they but they ordered this ship, no doubt because oh shush, were, but why am no, I the one standing because, up for it? It would have been because there were local elections. <laughs> I'm not really the because there was a no, new defence secretary. We do need a we do need a new ship. Do we? Yeah. Right. Still, well, twenty years ago we probably. It's a prestige thing, isn't it? There are only so many countries in the world. Billions. I don't have a problem with us having like a. Lovely, have a I nice think, ship to play with. You know, but I mean, it's going to be. What is the point? Yeah, exactly. What's the well, point? Well, it was nice to see the Queen out and about. She, she loves, loves a ship. Frog. She loves a boat, didn't she? She got to meet some nice sailors. I was going to say seamen, but I don't. <laughs> <know. laughs> uh, so I just thought it was lovely, lovely to see that. Uh, we're not doing minor role of the week this week. Uh, I'm sorry to say, listeners, uh, as there's been a glitch in our plans for that, but that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> sometimes not everyone does the homework listeners but it's all right um but we have had a little question slide into our dms from a listener and that's from alice in northumberland who says will it be possible for the queen to remove harry and Meghan's titles i'm frankly just sick of them 
Well, I mean, quite well, quite a controversial view. So it's a difficult one because they they have technically already agreed to not use the HRH, which is a style which is conferred yeah. on them by Her Majesty. So mm-hmm. that's quite easy, and that's sort of I think. But I don't with... think she can take away this. Well, she could. She can do anything. The Queen. Well, theoretically, yes, and theoretically, no. You so removing agree. peerages involves an act of Parliament that then has broader sense. Ultimately, she does have that ability to do it, but it involves political rigmarole. It feels a bit churlish, though, doesn't it, to take them away? Me. I think it's just. I think it would just make it more of a news story because it can't just be done, and it and it was a wedding gift. So, I think you have to. The, well, the as was Frogmore House, but they've not been living there. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't. I don't think it serves. I think you're right. It doesn't serve any purpose. They're not HRHs, but they are still the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Well, they, they will be. Yeah, exactly. And also, I, I fervently believe at some point Harry will come back. And That's enough said about that one because I know your theories. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's leave that one there, guys. Uh, we do slide into our DMs if you want to ask us a question, and we will endeavour to try and answer it. Um, yeah, and do give us a, a, a rate, review, and a subscribe. Helps other people find us, allegedly. Uh, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Take care. Toodaloo. Bye bye.